welcome back to the SLP Corner Podcast. Courtney Brumman is back. She is an early intervention SLP. She is a private practice SLP. She has a Say What blog where she tackles advocacy issues from a communication standpoint. And her private practice website is speakoutslp.com. And she is based out of Eugene, Oregon. So she's kind of close to me, which is exciting. So today we're going to be talking about early intervention and language learning. So what is EI? So what is early intervention? We're probably going to say EI. So if anyone's like, what is EI? That's early intervention. So what is EI and what does it often target? Yeah, early intervention is generally focused on birth to three and really supporting families and supporting their own children um, using that kind of family mediated goal setting. Um, But it's all about, you know, helping families understand those basis, that foundational communication and focusing heavily on language rich environments. I remember speech with Rach came on my podcast and she was like, the way I explain it to parents is I'm not teaching your child how to talk. I'm teaching you how to teach your child how to talk. So it's very parent centered. Totally. I love that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we're working with these children and we're working with these families, what are some things we often miss? I think one of the biggest challenges in early intervention services is that we take a primary service provider model, which is an amazing model designed for early intervention. And it usually takes one professional who kind of focuses on every type of need that that child may have. So, you know, maybe the physical therapist who is the primary service provider who is supporting that, that child and that family and incorporating all types of disciplines to meet that child's overall needs. Um, or it might be an early childhood special ed teacher who same, same type of principle, depending on who's the best provider to, to help support that family. It's very family friendly, which I love. At the same time, we tend to miss functional communication in this population. And I think because they're so young, and that we know that they need support, we tend to be pretty lenient on this idea that, oh, they're not really talking or they're not really communicating per se in some sort of way um, that we we miss when the SLP needs to step in more. And so I find a lot of my EI families, um, I'm not getting called in to be part of that team often until the kid is three, three and a half. And they have had no SLP support. And it's it's almost like, what, you know, where were we? We should have been on from day one. And a lot of it is they're, they're coming out with really strong receptive language skills, which is awesome. You know, their, their families are doing all these wonderful things, reading and, you know, talking about words and vocabulary. So these little guys have wonderful receptive language. And then we're missing how to support the expressive language. And I'm not saying it has to be speech. I'm talking about functional and meaningful expressive skills. And I think that's one of the biggest areas we, we fail to, to act quickly enough is supporting that expressive piece. What are some ways that we could try to better support that expressive piece in this, in this uh, population? I think being um, part of that team earlier on and letting our whatever organization you're with or whatever your role may be in that capacity is making sure people understand the idea of functional language and functional communication, again, doesn't have to be speech. It's okay if words 
are not the, the go-to form of expressive language in this population. But we also wanna ensure that we you know, are teaching other people about that whole umbrella term of alternative and augmentative communication. And I, again, through the years I've seen that kind of becomes this idea that, oh, AAC equals an iPad with an app. And, and that's just another fallacy, just like the speech teacher idea that these kids have to be talking or, you know, we don't need to be involved unless they've have so many words. And really we need to be educating our, our families about ideas to support building independent communicators, even if it isn't with words in this population. I love that so much because I think so often, yeah, it's like words or nothing. And that's a whole other topic in itself, but the importance of functional communication, whatever form that's in. So maybe that's words, maybe that's signs, maybe that's using your iPad to communicate. Maybe that's using visuals, making sure that they can communicate their wants and needs. Totally. And, and I think it can be a variety of all of those things. It, it doesn't have to be, you make a great point. It doesn't have to be this or that. It can be multi-modes of communication and it, it probably will be because these little guys are movers and shakers. So um, we should be putting little things all over the house to help support functional communication. You know what? It's been just a pleasure having you come on the podcast. It's been so fun to talk to you about these topics. You're welcome back anytime. So people can check out your Say What blog where you talk about advocacy issues. They can check out your private practice, speakoutslp.com, where you offer professional development. And you also offer autism dating services, which I think is really unique and really, really awesome. Um, So yeah, Courtney, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Shannon. I love being here. And I really hope that you know, maybe your listeners will send me some good ideas so we can tackle some of that together on the Say What blog. If they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to contact you? They could email me at speakoutservices at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. All right. So thank you so much for coming on and I will see everybody next Monday. Bye.